Today on Hardwired. Some of you that have never ministered, buckle your seatbelts because my job is to convince you that you have been called by God. It's not supposed to be a one-man show. Everybody in here is a minister. Every one of you have been called to minister. You have been called to be a witness, to pray, to share, to reach out, to give to others what God has given to you. Welcome to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. Whether you find yourself in a good place, maybe in a difficult place, or possibly even in a very lonely place, let me encourage you that you've come to the right place. Now, if you're not able to stick around with us for all of today's program, you can always listen to it at our website, hardwired.org. You may have been listening to the program for a while or possibly just tuned in. Well, I want you to know that we do this for you. With a world that is searching and coming up empty, it's nice to know you can land on this message of hope and truth, something we all need to hear. So let's jump right in with today's program. Here's Pastor Jeff to tell us what's coming up in today's edition of Hardwired. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Hardwired. Thank you so much for joining us. You know, one of the things I've learned about walking with the Lord is you've got to be willing to flow and to flex with the way He leads. Our God is always moving us onward, forward, and upward, and we can't be stilted. We can't insist on sticking in one place. We need to learn how to change our schedule, how to work with the way God is leading us, how to go with the flow without drowning. And so that's what we're going to talk about in this edition of Hardwire today. How do I go with the flow? How do I flow with God, flex with God, walk with God, where I'm able to do what He leads me to do? I'm there on time, and I'm doing exactly what He has destined for me to do on that day. So let's go right to the message, how to go with the flow without drowning. Grab something to write with, grab your Bible. I know this is going to bless you. Let's go. I'm going to talk to you about something that we all experience, and that is change. And I would wager to bet, if I were a better, that more of you than not in your personal lives are in some kind of a change. Psalms 46, 1 through 3, we're talking about change or croak. And I really believe it's true. Either you change or you croak, you petrify, you freeze, you fail to advance. It says in verse one of Psalms 46, God is our refuge and strength. He's a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, and though the mountains shake with its swelling. Lord, we thank you for your word today and that your word is powerful and it's life and it's spirit. And we pray that you'll speak to us. And Lord, help us to navigate the challenge of change successfully in the spirit. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and preach a little bit and tell them, change or croak. All right. We, uh, we are in a change. We've been talking beginning last week about the challenge of change. Change is a fact of life. How many of you know that's true? It's just a fact of life. We're in a world of change, though we serve an unchanging God. God is the only thing I know of that does not change. God does not change, but everything else does. Circumstances change, people change, relationships change. 
Most of our life is in a state of flux most of the time. We've got to deal with change every day in every way. The one thing that never changes is the reality that change is coming. You can guarantee and mark it down, change is coming. It's been said that you never step into the same river twice. Have you ever heard that saying? And it's true. That river changes from minute to minute, hour to hour, day to day. And that's because it's always in a state of movement. And that's what life is. As a pastor, I'm gonna tell you, I never step into the same church twice. People change. They come, they go. New faces show up, old ones leave. You never know where they went. They just disappear. New ones come. That's because they're in a state of change. Their lives change, so they change. And we all change. And uh, I'm used to it. And I thank God for the reality of change. Because you know why? You're never going to grow without change. Change is the precursor to spiritual growth. The passage we just read, Psalms 46, called the Encouragement Psalm, is all about change. He's describing the overwhelming uh, emotions that can accompany a great change. Listen to the way he describes it. And I think he's just kind of, he's imagining, he's saying, what if? Or it feels like when you're in change. The earth is being removed. It can feel that way. You ever felt like the earth was moving under your feet? And you weren't in a, an earthquake, you were in a self-quake. You were changing. Something in your life was changing. The Amplified Bible says, though the earth should change, God is my refuge. He goes on to describe the feeling that the mountains, it feels like the mountains are being shaken into the midst of the sea and the waters of the sea are roaring and foaming. It's like everything around me, he's saying, is shaking and shifting and changing. And he's talking about the most amazing change possible. Mountains slipping into the sea. The familiar landscape changing. Everything altering. He's describing everything normal and familiar being shaken and shifting. He's describing massive change, tumultuous change. Now, thank God, most of the change that you and I go through is not that severe. Every once in a while, you'll go through a major experience where it seems like everything that can be shaken is being shaken in your life. But most of the change that we go through is lighter than that, slighter than that, but it's real. Major areas of our life can change. You may suddenly lose a job. I talk to people who experience that all the time. You can lose a job that you've had for years, even decades, and suddenly it changes for some reason or another, and you're left with the unfamiliar or tragically, you lose a marriage, which is always a tragedy. God restores from that tragedy, but it's always a tragedy. And you're in that change, and you are knitted to somebody. This is not minor. You can't marginalize the reality of divorce. Divorce shakes everything. It's a ripping and it's a tearing. Two who were one. How do you unscramble eggs? And yet it happens, and it's change. And we need God during that change. Or you get a bad doctor's report and suddenly your whole life is thrown up into the, into the sky. The world rocks underneath you. Suddenly everything has changed. Or on the positive side, God may bring a series of changes and God will do that. He may bring a series of changes into your life, a new job. I talk to people a lot who 
get transferred. I talked to somebody just recently, a couple of weeks ago, very rooted in our church, and suddenly they got transferred and they moved to another state. Quick change. And you gotta deal with that in God. Or God may lead you into a different ministry. Some of you have never ministered. You have been in a church and you have sat there and received in a church, but now suddenly God is knocking on the door of your heart and he's moving you into ministry. He's telling you, I want you to do something. I want you to serve. I want you to learn what it means to serve. I want you to go and give to others. I have poured so much into you, it's your turn. And suddenly we're in a change and a challenge and the challenge of change. And our faith is being challenged. Some of you that have never ministered, buckle your seatbelts. Because my job is to convince you that you have been called by God. It's not supposed to be a one-man show. Everybody in here is a minister. Every one of you have been called to minister. You have been called to be a witness, to pray, to share, to reach out, to give to others what God has given to you. You're receiving right now. But guess what? You're not receiving just for you. You're being built up in the faith. And my job is in-reach, outreach, and upreach. If you want to know what our church is all about, let me just tell it to you simple. In-reach, outreach, upreach. That's why we're here. In reach, we are called to build Jesus Christ in you till you come to the fullness of the stature of Christ and you grow into spiritual maturity. In reach. And then we do outreach. As you grow in Jesus, you will be involved in outreach. And we reach the lost. We're gonna preach to this city and we're gonna preach to this world. We're gonna come up with ways to reach this world with the gospel that are totally unique. I'm praying about it, and I'm looking for it, and we're gonna find it, and you and me together, we're gonna to do it. Because I'm not just called here, you're called here. And you and me are called together to reach out, in reach, ministering until Jesus is formed in you, outreach as a result of successful inreach. And when you had successful inreach and outreach, it results in upreach because we learn to worship God in spirit and in truth. And so you got a circle going on in this church all the time, and we're gonna streamline ourselves for this one thing, in-reach, outreach, upreach. When you bear fruit, my heavenly Father is glorified. That's upreach. And we come together in spirit and in truth, and so that's all we're ever doing. That's all that we're about. So can you say with me, in-reach, outreach, Upreach. If somebody says to you, what's that church all about? We know why we're here. We are not beating the air. We're here for inreach, outreach, and upreach. And that's our call. And that requires change. And God has us in a change right now. Why is he moving us over to I-35 to that big building? So that we can increase our inreach and our outreach and our upreach. And so some of you may hear the Lord tapping on the door of your heart. I want you to be a care leader. I want you to be an assistant care leader. I want you to open up your home. I want you to involve yourself in feeding the poor. I want you to do something to get out there and reach and touch people because there is an aspect of your faith that will never develop until you're involved in outreach. And if you think that you won't croak if you don't change, Jesus said, remember Lot's wife, who while being led out of Sodom and Gomorrah, by the mercies of God, before the fire fell on those cities, she was being led out into a brand new future. The angel had her by the hand and being led out. And they were taking 
Lot's family to a brand new vista and horizon. And God said, the only thing you can't do is don't you look back. Don't hold on to the past. Don't be petrified. Don't be stuck in what I've done. I'm doing a new thing. He said, the only thing you can't do is don't look back. I want you looking forward. That is a metaphor. That is a picture for you and me. That is a physical sketch of a spiritual truth that God's leading us to a new place. And you can't get there doing this. Can't get there doing this. You leave today and drive by your rear view mirror. We'll see you down the road. If you make it down the road, you won't go very far because the rear view mirror was not made for driving. It was made for occasional glances, but mainly we look forward, but she couldn't do that. Before Pastor Jeff comes back to wrap things up for us today, I'd like to share a couple of important things with you. Let me encourage you to take a minute and check out our website, hardwired.org. You'll find today's program along with all of Pastor Jeff's messages. There's a growing list of great things to check out at the site. So hop on over and check it out, hardwired.org. That's hardwired.org. And be sure to tell your friends about the program. We know you're being blessed by it. I'm sure your friends will be as well. We're here to reach as many people for the Lord as we can. So getting the word out will help us on this mission. And that's what this program is all about. And Pastor Jeff's back now for the conclusion of today's program. And as she was leaving the city, the angel holding her hand, whisking them away, pointing them to a new direction, she turned around and she looked back and she froze, became a pillar of salt. That is a picture. God is giving us a picture. What's he saying? He's saying, if you can't embrace change, if you're not a person who can change, there is an aspect of your life that will petrify, that will freeze, that will be stuck, and I won't be able to move you forward. We've got to be able to flex and flow and change. So I'm calling this today, how to flow without drowning. Because some people drown in change. We got to learn how to go with the flow without drowning. And we remember God's people, who Paul said, remember, they're there for our examples. They were delivered from Egypt because of their own cries for deliverance. Think about this, crying out to God all the time for deliverance. Please set us free, we're in bondage, we're in slavery, we hate this place, we're in misery. Yet when God delivered them, they kicked and they hated the changes that God brought into their life as a result of their deliverance. There were requirements for deliverance and the requirements were change. And they didn't like the change. I'm gonna tell you, I don't like change. I don't like change. I like the same old, same old. I like going down the same road. I like going to the same house. Some of you, you like sitting in the same chair. We're gonna put your name on these chairs. We're gonna start selling chairs. <laughs> and we're gonna say, you want a chair? You buy a chair and we'll put your name on it. And if you, I don't know, pay an extra 500, we'll put it right in the same place. Because <laughs> some of you already got dibs on your chair. I don't have to wonder if you're here. I just look where you always sit. <laughs> and you are creatures of habit. Boy, I'm telling you, I can tell the ones who are really here because you're always in the same chair. So I just look for the chair, hey. And when I look over there and it's empty, I know you're not somewhere else in here. You're not here because your chair's not occupied. And don't tell me it's not true. Don't polish that halo too bright now. 
And if somebody gets in before you, a dear brother or sister, and they happen to grab your chair before you get here, brother, we got friction in the house of God. We don't like change. I don't like change, but God brings change. And the scripture records that they tempted the Lord in the wilderness because they did not, they did not flex with the flow. They did not allow change. It says they tried his patience. They became a trial to him and they were killed by serpents. Now, again, when you read that, all that happened in the Old Testament is types and shadows and pictures and physical sketches of spiritual truth. There's always a New Testament spiritual parallel to what happened to them physically in the Old Testament. They teach us that when God is about to really bless us, it begins with change. Do you remember when you got saved? Anybody in here, when you got saved, some things changed? Do you remember how big the change was when you got saved? And if you're in here today and you're gonna tell me you're saved, but it never changed your life, I'm gonna tell you, you're not saved. Well, I believe in God. Well, cool. So do the devils. But if you tell me you got saved and there's been no change in your life, I question the salvation because Jesus brings massive change. People run across you and they say, you're not the person I used to know. There's something different about you. You can't get near God without change. God is going to change you and me. He's in the changing business. We are under construction. We ought to be different now than we were a year ago. We ought to have more fruit in our life. I'm talking about real Christianity, not churchianity. Churchianity, you can be God's frozen chosen. You can be petrified. You can sit there year after year and never change and nobody knows the difference because they're petrified too. But if you're really walking with God, it's gonna bring change. Can I have an amen in here today? It may be incremental, but change is gonna come. And we're gonna to have to learn to flow with the change that God brings. And we're gonna to have to do it without drowning, without being offended, without getting put out, without leaning on what we want instead of what God is bringing. Somebody wisely wrote, and I love this statement. They said, don't sweat the small stuff. It's all small stuff. And if you can't fight and you can't run, flow. I like that. Because when change comes, what do we do? We fight it or we try to run from it. But you know what? God will block you in where you can't fight and you can't run. And then when you can't fight and you can't run, what do you do? You flow. You learn to change. If there were an 11th commandment, it would be, thou shalt not sweat it. <laughs> I was doing a thing on the commandments last night. I did something a little different to put on our refrigerator because I don't think you ought to criticize the schools for not having it up there if you don't have it on your refrigerator. You ought to have the Ten Commandments on your refrigerator. So that's Old Testament. Jesus said, I came to fulfill that law. So put it up there. It might change you. It might change your kids. Let them see it. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Put it up there, let them see it. But I did it in crazy fonts and great big uh, letters and, and different letters, different fonts and different colors. And I put it up in a way that you can't miss it. Call it God's 10 commandments. And right when I was finishing, I thought I really ought to put 11 and say, oh, and by the way, thou shalt not sweat it. But God wouldn't let me. <laughs> That's my commandment. But can you say with me, thou shalt not sweat it? 
So how do you embrace change when change comes? Change has come to you. How do you embrace it? How do you flow with it? How do you go with it? How do you extract from it everything that you can? How do you let change work for your good instead of letting it derail you? It begins with God. It begins with God. David says three things about God and us in a time of change in Psalms 46, one through three. Here's what he says. God's our refuge. He's our strength and he's there. He's our refuge. He's our strength and he's there. Now I want to talk to you about those three. Can you say with me, God is my refuge. Now let me tell you a fact about people. This is just something I've observed in almost a quarter of a century of pastoring people. Some people run from God when their predictable life is upset with change. When change comes, some people run from God and they, they grow cool to God. And yet others have learned that God is a great comfort and he's a place of peace in the turbulent waters of change. I've seen that the same sun that melts butter hardens clay. Some people in the presence of change become hardened to God and they, they run from him. They dodge him. They duck from him. But other people, when change comes and difficulties and trials come, they melt in the presence of God. They run to God. I want us to know today there's only one place to go when life is challenging you. Don't run from God. Don't seek solace somewhere else, but run to God, because that's what a refuge is. A refuge is something you run to in a time of danger. You run to a refuge. You don't run from it because a refuge is a shelter. Kathy and I were in a hailstorm one day, as she would say, a hellstorm. Sometimes she says, it's helling out. And I said, helling? <laughs> to her, hail is, is hell. So in our house, it's a hellstorm. <laughs> I mean, I just, and I'm working with her on that, but she's never going to change and neither am I. So, so we were in a hailstorm and actually we were driving down the highway and we heard that it was coming and the eye, the sky was that dark, sick, green looking and you could tell that it was coming. We were, we were pedaled to the metal trying to get home, but we didn't make it. All of a sudden it began to fall. We just happened to be near a cement bridge and we pulled over right there, got our place of safety, cars piled in behind us, and we felt so bad for the people that had to keep right on going under the cement and out into that hailstorm. Some of them pulled over under trees and other kinds of shelter that weren't near as good. And we noticed, of course, that those that got under the trees did not have full protection. And the hail broke through the leaves and broke through the branches and beat down on their cars and greatly damaged them. We could just hear State Farm's number being called millions of times the next day. But it spoke to me when I saw that because you see a lot of us, when change comes and trials come, we head for a tree. We go for something lesser than God. We look for worldly philosophies or we try to find our strength and solace and comfort in something fleshly and we try to protect ourselves and use our own strength. And it's just like those trees, that doesn't protect you from the hail. God is our refuge. And he's our strength in the time of trouble, in the time of change, 
God is the one we run to. I tell people, what are you going through? Well, I'm going through some trials. Then run to God. Wrap yourself around God. Lean on God. Seek the face of God. God is our refuge and he's our strength. Kathy and I sat under that bridge. Not one thing touched us. And my message to you today is straight from the word of God. These are not my thoughts. This is what the Bible says. And I want you to hear this because the Bible promises if God is our refuge, he will be like a cement bridge. Not one hailstorm will touch you. Thanks for tuning in today to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. With the busy schedule everyone has these days, it means the world to us that you would take this time to listen. Let us know how it has touched your heart by calling us at 877-884-3111. You can also connect with us at our website, hardwired.org. It's no secret that our country has had some extreme challenges over the last year or two. People have been going through depression, isolation, emotional pains, disillusionment, and more, and are looking for something to grab a hold of for security. Well, the answer is not in something, it's someone, Jesus Christ. And that's what this program is all about. So here's how you can help us get this message out. Being a listener-supported program means we rely on the financial partnership of our listeners, which means you. And we believe that these messages with Pastor Jeff are making a difference in your life. So this is how you can make a difference to ours. You can contribute by giving us a call at 877-884-3111 or at our website, hardwired.org. 877-884-3111 or go to hardwired.org. Thank you for your very generous gifts. God bless, and thanks for listening to Hardwired.